usually have you open your Bible to a passage. I'm actually not going to have you do that this morning, not because we're, we're 2018 is the year of not using the Bible. Far from it, right? You showed up at church, we're going to use the Bible. I always like to have you turn, and I usually intentionally, I don't know if you know I do this, but I intentionally leave verses out of the notes so that we'll bring our Bibles, and really all you need is your phone anymore, right? You can look it up on your smartphone or your tablet, your, your device, and uh, you can follow along, and, and I encourage you to do that. It's good to, to read it out of the scripture for yourself. However, this morning, I want us to all be on the same page and to uh, be in the same translation together. And I intentionally chose the message, which is a paraphrase, but I felt like it really, while being true to the text in this particular instance, it really said what I felt like the Lord was speaking to my heart. I was going a different direction. I love when God does this. I was going a different direction in what I was studying and what I was, you know, kind of digging into for this year. And I felt like the Lord just brought me up short um, in Isaiah chapter 43. And I had actually avoided going to this passage because I think it's like the New Year's passage. Isaiah 43, 19, you know, see, I am doing a new thing. And so let's talk about the new year, rah, rah, rah. Time to make new goals and set new. How many of you have ever made a New Year's resolution? Raise your hand if, if real high. I can't see it, but I just want to keep you awake, all right? So you, you've made New Year's resolutions. How many have ever failed at New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand. All right, I want you to join me in doing this this morning. Just say this. I promise to never make a promise again. There, you'll be able to keep that maybe, all right? That, that's actually a conversation I had with the Lord several years ago. I felt like the Lord challenged me to stop making promises and to trust him and to just day by day walk out what he's leading me to do and have goals and have things that we've set before us, but not some kind of New Year's resolution that, you know, within January, or how do we know the gyms are full right now, huh? Right? It's, it's the time of year when the gyms are full. Just wait till March or April and things will thin out a little bit more than we will thin out, right? Um, so, you know, a lot of times at the beginning of the new year, and I've done this, you know, talk about what does it mean to go into the new year and approach it with a fresh start. And uh, I, I really felt like this morning, I, I felt like the Lord gave me a specific word. Uh, to speak into our hearts. And I think there's some of you in particular that this word is going to minister to. I want to talk to you about a present word. I want to release a present word from your present God. I want you to know your God is already all up in 2018, where you're concerned. He already has a perfect plan. He's already gone before you. How many know he's already at the end of the year? Or should I say the end of the year is in him? He's outside of time, or I like to say time is inside of him, right? He's not bound by time. He's already where you're going. But this morning, I don't want to talk so much about where you're going. I want to talk about the God who every single day this year, you're going to be, get up, be able to get up and know that his name is I Am. That he is a present tense God that he is with you right now, not just at the end of 2018 when you finally made it through the journey and maybe fulfilled that promise that you made or New Year's resolution or whatever it was. And goals are, and, and again, I think goals are great and we should have something to, to shoot for. 
But I want you to know that your God is a very present God with you. And I felt like that he, he backed me up to the beginning of Isaiah 43. And I just want to read through and just make a few. Your notes are pretty sparse this morning. I just want the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And I believe you're going to be jotting some things down that he speaks to you specifically that I don't say. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. You got to know this. This is an encouraging passage that Isaiah. It's going to be read to the, to the people of Israel. They're going to they're going to know about this passage when they're in captivity in Babylon, and when they're in bondage. This is going to be an encouraging passage to them, and, and for sure we know that the reason they're in bondage is not because God was mean and God was all upset at them and, and he was mean and he was mad and he just wanted to do something to them and, and make them pay. They were in bondage because of decisions and choices they made, right? How many have ever been there before? You got yourself in the mess that you're in. And maybe you're in a mess right now. In the beginning of 2018, we talked about debt just a minute ago. Whatever it might be, you might feel like you're in the middle of a mess and it might even be a mess you made. Well, they're in the middle of a mess they made. So Isaiah 43 is not written to a bunch of people who've been doing everything right. It's written to a whole nation of people who've been doing a bunch of stuff wrong. Yet God is encouraging them. Don't you love that about God? It says, but now God's message, the God who made you in the first place, the God who made and formed you in the first place. Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel. Don't be afraid. It could be a hundred things to be afraid about this year. Afraid you're going to break your promise. Afraid it's going to be a difficult year. Afraid what's going to happen financially. Concerned about what's going on in our nation. Afraid about your relationships. There could be a hundred things that you could be afraid about. And one of the most repeated commands in Scripture. This isn't a suggestion. This is a command. And how many of you know God only commands you to do something that he empowers you to do? Right? Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. <laughs> I've called your name. You're mine. I want you to write this in your notes this morning. This is what I believe the Lord spoke to my heart to share with you. He spoke it to me. You belong to me. I want you to hear that. Before we, before we unpack the rest of that, let's, let's just go with the first two words. You belong. just want to start right there this morning. You belong. You may feel like an outcast. You may feel like you've been rejected. And maybe some people in your life have rejected you. You belong. I want you to hear your God saying that over you this morning. You're not on the outside of the junior high dance. You remember that, right? Not Bufudo, he was the guy doing it in the dance floor and everybody was watching him, right? But, but you and me, right? That weren't quite as cool as Tom. You remember what it was like to be on the outside of the junior high dance floor, right? And you feel like you don't belong. Maybe in your family that you were raised in, you were even called the black sheep. Maybe you were the one that they said, you're never going to make it. You're never going to amount to anything. 
You're not going to, there's, there's no way that you're going to have purpose in your life. I think I've heard Ken share the story before about a Bible college professor that told him that. You're not going to amount to anything. Maybe you even heard those words. You belong. That's why Jesus came, to get you, to bring you into the family. You belong, though. It's not just that you belong. God says, you belong to me. You are mine. I'm the God who sourced you. You began in you. How many of you know you didn't come from your mama? You came through your mama. You with me? You didn't come from your mama. You came through your mama. Mm -hmm. She wasn't your source. Your daddy wasn't your source. But your God is your source. So your God sourced you. He says, I sourced you and I started you. You were my idea. I started you. I began a good work in you. And you belong. And I saved you. You like that new song we sang this morning? I got saved. I love that song. I saved you. I redeemed you is what the, the scripture actually says in, in Isaiah 43.1. I redeemed you. That word redeemed actually is a Hebrew word that means I bought you back from bondage. Isn't that cool? I sourced you. I started you. Then you got in all kinds of crazy bondage and messes and even choices that you made or I made or maybe choices that other people made in your life that you found yourself in bondage. And he says, I want you to know even, first of all, I'm your source. I started you. You began in me. And you may have found yourself in bondage, but I didn't leave you there. I redeemed you. I saved you and I brought you out of bondage. Some of you know, you have a testimony. I brought you out of addiction. I brought you out of what was keeping you down. I redeemed you. Now, here's the reason I wanted to bring this up this morning. It's because the Lord, I believe, is speaking to us. You can write this in your notes. I believe he's saying, I'm responsible for what is mine. Hmm. I'm responsible for what is mine. That's really good, isn't it? If my car breaks down and, and I view it as my car or my van, which it did a couple of weeks ago, our heater quit working when it was whatever that was, below zero, ungodly below, right? You remember those days? So our heater quit working. So if I view that simply as my van... I own it. My wife and I own it. It's, since we own it, we're responsible to make sure that that gets repaired. It's our responsibility because we're the owners. We can't point our fingers at somebody else and say, you take care of this. You pay for this. You fix this. We can't look, point at anybody. It's our van, so we're responsible to make sure it gets repaired if we see it that way, right? Now, we, we drive it to the place to get fixed, and, of course, it's our finances, our money, our time, if we view it that way. However, Tan and I don't see that as our van. We see it as God's van. You with me? It's his van. And so, yeah, we're going to drive it to the place. We're going to put down our finances. 
if we see them as our finances, or maybe we should see them as his, his finances, huh? His finances to pay for it. But you, you, you understand where I'm going with this. We don't just see it as our vehicle, we see it as his. But even if we did just see it as our vehicle and we're responsible, how many of you know that you were sourced, you were started, you began in him, and if you belong to him and you're broken down and you're messed up, he's the owner, huh? He's responsible to make sure that your life is taken care of. He's responsible to... You and I don't have a powerful enough willpower to make everything perfect in our lives. To make it all right by us willing it to be so. Part of that new song I love so much is it says, His will's stronger, that's why I got saved. He outwilled my will. (laughs) He outwilled my will. And this morning I want to encourage you that It's not about how strong your willpower is. It's not about you fixing up your life this year and trying to make everything better. It's about God is the owner. He is the, he's, and and it's really, that's a, that metaphor, all metaphors fall short. That one falls really short because God's more than just an owner for you. He's your papa. It's not just your owner and you're his minivan and you're just a a minivan that he uses to, to carry his presence into the world. No, you're a son. You're a daughter. And a good parent, which Papa is, is making sure that he takes responsibility. In 2018, he's responsible for you. Now, you and I can partner with him in that, but he's the one that's saying, you know what, you're my son, you're my daughter. I redeemed you. I called you by name. You are mine. I'm responsible for what is mine. Verse 2. When, (laughs) I wish he'd have said if. That would have been a lot easier for me to stomach in this passage. But he didn't say if. He said, when you're in over your head. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God. And here's the part I want you to see. Your personal God. (laughs) The Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with rich cushion, Seba thrown in. There's different debates about... Uh, by scholars about specifically what the prophet is trying to say here. But I want to give it the New Testament application. For us, this passage means the high price I paid for you is not Egypt and Cush and Seba, it's Jesus. Jesus is the high price. Aren't you glad he didn't just send an angel to get the job done? Jesus is the price that was paid for us. He says, that's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. I'd trade creation just for you. Oh, that's good, isn't it? You can write this in your notes. Nothing, nothing is too deep, difficult, or daunting for me, your personal God. Nothing is too deep, nothing is too difficult, nothing is too daunting for me, your personal God. I felt like this morning we needed to take a little ministry break right in the middle of this section right here. As you're entering into 2018 right now, you may feel like you're in deep, even now. You're in deep, deep in debt, deep in trouble, 
deep in who knows what struggle that you're in. You may feel like you're in over your head right now. That might be you. You may feel like you're in rough waters, that it's difficult, that it's such a challenge you can't even navigate where you're at right now. You can't find true north, it feels like. You ever felt that way? Job felt that way one time. He said, I, I look to, to one side and I, I can't see God and I, I turn around and I don't see him on the other side. I don't, I don't know where I'm going. And he, and he finishes his statement with this, but he knows where I am. He knows where I'm at. I can't see in front of me. Remember the fog a couple of days ago that we had in town and, and uh, early in the morning? For those of you that, that get up early in the morning, I heard people talk about it. That <laughs> there was some fog that was over the area, you know. And when it's really foggy and you can't see, you're, you know, can't see anything in front of you and you're straining. Sometimes we feel like that in life. We're just straining even to see what direction am I supposed to go? Where am I, what am I supposed to do? I feel like I'm in, I'm in the fog. I'm in rough waters. I'm in, I'm in a difficult place. And some of you maybe feel like you're in that place. Or maybe you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place. I would call that a dead end. You feel like, oh, I've reached the end. There's nothing else. I've tried everything I could try. Uh, every, every single self-help thing I've seen in Facebook, I've tried it. And nothing is working, and I feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place. I would call that a daunting place, a difficult place, a, a dead end. But I want, I want us to minister to our brothers and sisters. What he says in, in that context is, when you go through those things, I want you to know, I am with you. Don't, don't see like, okay, God is testing me and the deep waters are here or the rough river or the fire that I'm going through or between the rock and a hard place, the dead end. And on the other side, he's beckoning me to come over and make it through and he's just seeing if I'll, I'll, I'll trust him enough to go through it. No, your God is not just on the other side waiting for you. He is with you. He's with you in the rough waters. He's with you in the deep waters. He is with you in the difficulty. He is with you in your struggle. And the picture that I saw when I was praying for you guys this week, I just saw Jesus put his hand on your shoulder, just like right up against you. And that, with his eyes squarely facing the river or the fire or whatever it is, the metaphor that best fits what you're going through, with his eyes facing it, and you both just one foot in front of the other, and putting his hand on your shoulder saying, I got you. We're going to make it through this. I am with you. And for some of you, he's swooping you up off your feet and saying, don't worry, I'll just carry you through this. Hmm? I got you, I'm going to hold you, I'm going to carry you. But the picture I saw was him putting his hand on your shoulder. So if any of those areas that I just talked about, you feel like you're in a deep, difficult, or a dead-end, daunting situation, if any of those match you, will you be just vulnerable and raise your hand right where you're at right now? And if someone close to you has their hand up, I want you to just place your hand on their shoulder, just like the picture that I saw of Jesus. Put your hand on their shoulder right now as a way of showing... Jesus is with them. He is with you. And I want you to just, as you place your hand on their shoulder right now, those that have their hand up, as you place your hand on their shoulder, I just want you to speak over them right now and just tell them the Lord is with you. He's strengthening you. He's got you. He's walking you through this. He's carrying you through this. Just encourage them with that hand on their shoulder. We bless that person that our hand is on their shoulder right now. We stand 
because Christ is in us, right? We stand as a representative of Christ right now. We place our hand on your shoulder. We want you to feel that physical hand. We want you to feel our physical hand as a representation of the hand that's not going to leave you. The hand that is on you. The hand of Jesus that is walking you through, even if it's a mess you made. He's never, 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 never leaving you. He's never, 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 never forsaking you. So in Jesus' name, we place our hand on you and we declare Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. You're making it through. Come on, prophesy over him. Tell him you're going to make it through. Psalm 23, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, you're going to make it through in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. We agree with that this morning? You're going to make it through. You're going to make it through. Be encouraged. Look at verse 5. <laughs> I love it when God does this. He's like, so you didn't quite get me the first time, so I think I need to say it one more time for you. Don't be afraid. <laughs> I love it when he says that he doesn't say don't feel fear. But fear isn't who you are, right? All of us feel fear. That's why we talk sometimes about doing what we're called to do afraid. Sometimes we just got to do it afraid with our knees knocking, right? We walk into 2018, Jesus has got his hand on our shoulder, our knees might be knocking, we might feel afraid, but it's not who we are. Don't be afraid. Why? He says it again. I'm with you. He says, I'll round up. Here's the next part I felt like God called us to minister in this area. I'll round up all your scattered children. I'll pull them in. I'll, I'll round up all your scattered children. I'll pull them in from east and west. I'll send orders north and south. Send them back. Return my sons from distant lands, my daughters from faraway places. I want them back. Every last one who bears my name. Every man, woman, and child whom I created for my glory. Yes, personally formed and made each one. Here's what I felt like the Lord was speaking to my heart this week. You can write this. I'm passionately pursuing those who think they're far away from me. I'm passionately pursuing those who think they're far away from me. And that may include some people in the room this morning. You showed up at church, but you feel like you're far away from God. Can I just tell you that is a lie. I'll call it what it is. But I did this. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the truth, not what you did. I want to talk about what he's done, right? But, but, but wait a minute, you don't know what I, 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 I no, 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 I, I'm sure, because I probably did some of that myself, right? Let's get real, huh? We've all done stuff that we think because of the stuff we did, we're far away from him. But one thing that the incarnation of Jesus tells us is that he came and wrapped himself in our flesh and he got on the inside of this whole mess that we had made as humanity. He got into the middle of the mess 
and from the inside beat back every temptation and struggle that we ever face. And from the inside of our broken flesh, he took our brokenness to the cross and then crucified that brokenness, crucified the old messed up self and all the stupid stuff that we've done. And then he took our old self as he had crucified us and he raised us up brand new in him. All things are passed away. All things become new. And he raised us up with him and he seated us with him in heavenly places right next to Father God. That's where we are. That's where we are now. So far from him, I'm far from God is a lie. That's the lie the enemy wants us to believe. But there are those that, that, that maybe are here and there are those that you know. I love specifically he talks about sons and daughters and children and and men and women, boys and girls, that he's, he, he's basically in this passage just saying, I'm going after everyone. Those that, that believe they're far away, I'm going after every one of them, and I'm leaving nobody out. Aren't you glad he doesn't leave anyone out? You this morning. Some of you, though, here, it's not like you feel you're far away from God, and you know the truths that I just spoke to you, but you have sons and daughters. You have brothers and sisters. You have family that you're concerned about. And I want you to know your God is more passionate about them than you are. He is more crazy in love with them than you are. And he is more dedicated to going after them than you are. Isn't that good news? You can write this in your notes. No one is too far gone. No one. There's nobody that's too far gone. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I... There are people in my life I am deeply concerned about. And I'm concerned about where their lives are headed right now. I'm concerned about where they are uh, in their families and their relationships. Some of you have sons and daughters that are going through some tough stuff in their marriages. Some of you have brothers and sisters, family members that are really struggling right now. And you're concerned about them. If that's you, raise your hand this morning. I bet there's a bunch of us, aren't there? Mm. You know what I want to do? Grab hands with the person next to you right now, if you would, because there's so many of us that have that concern. I, I know preachers always make you do this uncomfortable stuff, don't we? I know. I know. Just, just go ahead and reach out and grab that hand next to you. Those of you that are single, remember this, because you can strategically be seated during times like these. And when you're single and there's an opportunity to grab a hand, this is an incredible opportunity right now, okay? Grab the hand of that person next to you, and let's agree. How many know the Bible talks about coming into agreement when two or more agree it's done? So we're not only agreeing with each other, we're agreeing that God has said this. I'm going after your sons, and I'm going after your daughters, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, your family. And Father, right now in Jesus' name, as we join hands together, as we, God, not only our hands, God, but we are locked together heart to heart right now in agreement with what you're saying concerning our sons and our daughters. And we are calling them home in Jesus' name. We speak to you, and some of you maybe under your breath even want to call their names out. You call out that son, that daughter, that granddaughter, that you call out the name of that niece or that nephew or that friend or, or that mother or that father, whoever it is. We call your name out. And we even, along with this passage, we speak to the north and we say, give them up. To the south, give them up. To the east and to the west. And we declare in Jesus' name, the delusion and the lie that they've believed concerning you and themselves is broken off of their lives right now. In Jesus' name. We declare you are free from that lie. 
You are free to wake up to the nearness of God in your life. You are free right now to wake up and no longer run the other direction, but run with Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen, we agree for that this morning. Look at verse 16. This is what God says. <laughs> Isaiah says that. I love you. You know, he's like, this isn't just an idea I had, all right? This is what God is saying right now. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carved a path through pounding waves, the God who summons horses and chariots and armies, and they lie down and they can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what's happened. And, and, and don't keep going over old history. When, when, when Isaiah you know, says this is what the Lord is saying, the Lord is actually reminding Israel of their history. I don't know if you catch the, the picture. You probably do. Many of you have been reading the Bible. Some of you way longer than I have. But you catch the picture of what he's saying here. He's actually reminding them of when they were between a rock and a hard place. Remember? And Egypt was chasing them. And Israel was at the Red Sea. He said, don't you remember that I brought Egypt and drew them into a trap? Those horses and chariots were all buried in that Red Sea that day, and you made it through that. You, you know, he, that's what he's reminding them of. That's what the language is about. So let me remind you of what I did for you. In your notes, I, I wrote that. Just remember what I've done for you. And then write this, now forget it. Because that's exactly what he says in this passage. He says, let me remind you of what I've done for you. Now forget that and quit going over it. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? That's exactly what God says. Let me remind you of your testimony because it's important that you remember your testimony. But what he says is, even though you, you know, I want to remind you of what I did for you and how I brought you through that, and it's important that you remember that. Now quit going over that because what I want to do now is bigger than that. Remember your testimony, but don't get stuck in your testimony. Remember what I did for you, but don't stay there. Don't camp there. Oh, I remember back in 1972. Oh, my God, back then God was really moving. God really did something powerful in my life back in those days. The, the, my best days. I actually, I actually, you know, I had been on Facebook a little while and, uh, when it first came out and started connecting with old college friends from Bible school. I actually had to get out of that group because all of the conversation was, don't you remember how good it was back then? How great it was. Those were the good days, man. When we were together back in college, I'm thinking, you guys got some different memories. Because <laughs> I remember some guys putting Icy Hot in my underwear, right? That was like the worst thing in Bible college. Bible college, Bible college. <laughs> Tabasco sauce and my toothpaste, Bible college. The only time I ever, I know some other people have, have done, got different testimonies. The only time I ever almost pretty well got drunk was in Bible college. <laughs> in Bible college. Now, I got drunk on two wine coolers. That's how much I had not drank anything hardly in my life. But 
I don't, you know, you know, everybody's all the great, the great memories of what he, and I know sometimes we can look back and there are good things. There are good things that God did in my life during that time. How many know it's never all good or all bad? Even in the midst of the bad, there's good things that God's working, right? But the point of the passage that God's making here is I want you to remember what I did, but now I want you to forget about that because you've been living back there, oh, back when God did this. God used to do that. He said, no, I want you to forget that and stop going over that history because there's something I'm doing now. So he brings them, he actually points them to the past in order to get them focused on him. And then he brings them back and says, now forget about that because I want to talk to you about what I'm doing right now. Verse 19, be alert. And this is probably the most important thing I'm going to share with you guys this morning. Be present. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert and rivers in the badlands. He said, what I'm doing now is something you've never seen me do before. You can look back in your past long enough to remind you that I'm faithful, but don't take that template and make me do it the same way. Well, we're not going to make him do anything, right? But don't think that just because I did it this way then, I'm doing the same thing the same way now. All I want you to do is remember I'm faithful. When you remember I'm faithful, get your eyes on me in this moment. Because I am doing something right now. You can write this in your notes. Be present. Man, that is the word of the Lord for me in 2018, I'm telling you. Be present. Look back at the past long enough to remember I'm faithful. Look at the future long enough to see yourself there in a, different, in a new way that you haven't seen yourself before. But don't stay in the past and don't future trip. You know what future tripping is? We almost get high on future tripping. Oh, what it could be like, what it should be like, what I wish it was like, what it might be like. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What could happen? What might happen? Don't future trip. Don't stay in the past. Don't dwell on what could be or what might happen or what you're scared of that could possibly happen in the future. Be present. Be present in this moment. This, uh, this last Wednesday night, we had worship and wait, and we were just kind of waiting and worshiping. <laughs> Doesn't that make sense? That's what we're there to do. So we're worshiping, we're waiting on the Lord, and we're all writing down what he's speaking to us, and we broke into groups afterward, and we're sharing with each other what the Lord spoke to us. And Tan and I were sharing with someone, and as we were praying for each other, one of the things that Tan and I both began to minister to our friend that we were praying with, we began to, t- <laughs> you remember the Wizard of Oz, right? The Emerald City. We just got to get to the Emerald City, right? But as we're, as we're ministering about, you know, seeing what God has for you out in front of you, we were, we were, I got a picture of that, the Emerald City and the Wizard of Oz. But Tana began to minister about, as you're on the yellow brick road, learn to enjoy every brick. Oh, but someday I'll be in the Emerald City. Actually, if you want to get theologically correct with the Wizard of Oz... <laughs> The Emerald City's in you. Heaven is in you already, right now. And I, I believe God would encourage you this morning and he encouraged me with that word as, as we were sharing together to learn to enjoy every brick on the yellow brick road. To, to learn to focus on what are you doing in this moment, God? What are you saying in this moment? Because he is working right now. And when you leave here today, 
He'll be working then. And tomorrow morning when you wake up on Monday and you're not here with all of your believer friends and brothers singing worship together and faith is rising and um, you're singing over us and, and it's you. And you get up in the morning and you're going, he's there. And he's got something in that brick. He's got something to say to you in that brick that you're standing in in that moment, right? Be present. Your God's name is I am right? In fact, I like this translation better of this, of that verse, Isaiah 43, 19. See. What are we supposed to see in 2018? See, I am. Oh, right there. You could just, you could just camp out right there. See, I am. See Jesus in your 2018. See him right now in every yellow brick along the way. But don't just see I am. See I am doing. Do you hear that? See him doing. What is he doing? Sometimes we want to go to the Lord and say, Lord, here's my plans for the year. Bless these plans. How many of you know his blessing is already on his plan? No, Lord, what are you doing right now? Help me to see you in every moment, in every relationship, in every conversation. I don't mean we don't have any sense of the big picture. We, we should. We're believing God to give us a, a big picture to, to look at what, what are you doing, where are we going, and we make goals. But today I want to encourage you every moment to be sensitive to seeing what I am is doing in that moment. See, I am doing a new thing. Not just a new thing on January, in January, but all year long. See, I am doing a new thing. I love this part. Now it is starting. The new thing I'm doing is in the now. And here's a good one. Will you not take note of it? Can I encourage you this year to not only look for what God is doing, but to be faithful to even write down to take note, to journal. I mean, you know, it's such a great, something that I've rediscovered, which I should not have ever not done, but I rediscovered in the last quarter of the last year, a little bit more than that, was just how, how valuable it is to journal, how valuable it is to actually write down the encounter that you're having with the Lord, what he's speaking to you in this moment. What is he saying? What is he doing to stay present in that and to take note of what he's doing and then just partner with him? Just say yes in the moment. We know he's an ever-present help, Scripture says. Amen? See, I am doing a new thing. Let's stand. You got it, Lyle. You can have it. You can have it, brother. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's respond to him this morning. First of all, great way to start the year. If you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, what I said earlier is true. He's passionate about pursuing you. He already closed the distance. Oh, he already closed the distance. That's what him coming was all about. He closed the distance. The only distance is in your mind. Paul even says that. We were enemies in our mind. The distance now is in our own messed up thinking. We get so mixed up with the lies of the enemy to convince us that we're far away from God. 
He already closed the distance in Jesus. And he's inviting you today to surrender your life to him. So if you'd like to do that this morning, would you raise your hand if you say, well, you know, I, I've not done that before. Or I do feel like I've kind of strayed. I've wandered away from what his heart is for me and, and I want to return this morning. Raise your hand if that's you. Go ahead. Anyone need to do that this morning? All right, let's do this today as we close. Again, let's grab someone's hand close to us. If you want to do like my wife and I and interlock fingers, again, if you sit strategically, if you're married or you sit strategically, just grab that hand next to you and let's declare over our friend next to us. We declare over you this morning, God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing in you. It's a brand new day. Look back to see his faithfulness. Now forget it. It's time to move forward. Let's just say to him, Lord Jesus, we see you in every yellow brick. You're a present God. You're my present God. Thank you for reminding me all this year to stay present. Thank you that you are I am. And 2018 is the best year of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Jesus. just want to say as we do move into this year that it really is an honor it, and I mean this for Tan and I to be your pastors you are awesome people God has an awesome plan for your life to take the phrase from my friends in AA stay in the day stay in the day amen